Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, of course it is, who else? And uh, today I'm, I'm going to be sitting with uh, a good friend of mine who I've made uh, over the, the last two years yeah. um, uh, throughout the biscuit and things that we've been doing, uh, Maggie Love and Andrew Bannerman, who we, I believe we met at Darwin's house for Darwin's lunch, didn't we? That was really nice. Very good. Yes. Um, now, before we get into this, this is going to sound like a very odd thing for me to do, um, but I have an apology to make, and I'm going to use this audio and send this to, to, to the gentleman. Um, before I had my accident and, and you know, mashed up my ankle, I was meant to uh, do an interview with Bob Bergen, who is the voice for Porky Pig. And um, <laughs> when that happened, I had to kind of try and force myself away from work a little bit. So I didn't have access, as much access to my emails. Now, I didn't, that means I didn't have access to my schedule. So I kind of missed my interview with Porky Pig. And I feel so guilty about it because we spent so many years uh, building a great reputation when it comes to people, great contributors to culture from around the world. Um, and I feel terrible about it. And it's only since I'm sort of catching up now, I've looked at my emails and gone, oh my God, we had this thing and we didn't do it. Um, so to Bob, I, I want to offer my, my my heartfelt apologies for what happened. Um, that is not how we operate. And um, hopefully we can work something out. But if you don't want to work with us again, I appreciate it. We wasted his time. He, he saved the Sunday just for us. So. Oh, I'm sure he'll come back, Alex. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he will. People that know me, they'll probably understand. He'll probably be like, oh, well, you know, these things happen. And Al is, you know, I've built a good reputation with these things. I don't you do were really that. poorly. Yeah, okay, it, was, it was hard because... I'm a very independent person. I want to get up and do stuff. And even now, I'm, I'm, I'm crutching around Shrewsbury <laughs> with this heavy bag on my back because I love doing what I do. Mm. It's an absolute passion of mine. So to Bob, I, I, I very much apologise. I mean, this is coming from the Shrewsbury Biscuit, but from us at USUC uh, to you, I, I'm very sorry. Um, and we are going to be talking to Maggie and to Andrew today about years years of service that you you've, you guys have put together to, to help develop young thespians and young actors over the years of working with uh, Shrewsbury Youth Theatre. Um, what, what I think is the best idea to do, though, is to go for you both and talk about your sort of your careers and your history and how you sort of fit into the, the world of theatre <laughs> yourself. So, so, Andrew, how far back does this go, your, your career of working with, with, with theatre? Well, um, I was born... Um, a long time ago now, uh, <laughs> but uh, my parents were both professional actors, so I had what you might call a head start or no chance of uh, not having some of that blood in me. Mm. And um, sure enough, when I first trod the boards at my very first school, and I think I played Alice in Alice in Wonderland. If I remember correctly, I didn't have very much to do because they concentrated on um, the other characters. But um, I remember being terrified and forgetting my words and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then through the years, I just enjoyed it more and more, really. And once I became adult, I decided I was going to be a teacher. Rightly or wrongly, that's another story. <laughs> and um, then I had a, 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 and I taught English and drama, and I took lots of students, young people, to plays and things. I remember at one school they used to, um, I got a reputation for, for 
taking them across London in the tube train. And in those days, you could smoke in the tube. And <laughs> there were those who thought this is a really good way of smoking. And so um, I had a lot of kids who, not sure how keen they were on the theatre, but they loved the smoky bit beforehand. <laughs> anyway. Um, back in the day. Back eh? in the day. Back in the day. Uh, anyway, then I had a very good break um, much later in my life when I left the classroom and uh, was given the opportunity to do what we call theatre in education and that's another big story which I won't go into now but anyway that that launched me and I did professional jobs of various kinds. I trained myself actually um, by going to numerous courses and a year at the Sherman Theatre in Cardiff so I'd professional training sort of and um and i've got professional jobs i've done work in films and stuff like that when it, when it comes to when it comes to performing and being in front of an audience do you think it's it's it's, it's a vocation it's something that you're born to do you, you, you i feel like when you when you perform um, I mean, I've spoken to so many actors, actresses o- over the years and writers, producers. Um, but when you perform, it seems like you have to be born to do it. You can't force yourself to do it. You have to want to, right? Yes, you do. Yeah, uh, yeah because of some people, um, you think, well, they'd be great actors. I mean, the other the other passion I've had, as Maggie knows well, um, is, uh, is tennis. And um, sometimes when I'm on the tennis court, you hear somebody say something and you think my god that's a natural theater voice and they don't realize it and when you tell them look you'd be really good on the stage they go no 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 i'm terrified i do i would never do that in my life but actually there is a natural uh, voice that some people have and when mm. you do theater you do need to as they say project which you don't know mm. but uh, that's important and uh, it is that much is is natural but you can train most of it is what you help yourself to do which is where we come in with the young people because i think what they're learning is not just how to be an actor but all sorts of life skills i mean the wonderful thing about syt and maggie will say much more about this is that it welcomes everybody anybody and we generally have a wide spectrum of students um, of all different kinds. I mean, some of the most unlikely ones. I remember one chap, <laughs> one chap who's long gone and I hope is now a successful and happy <laughs> adult who you couldn't see most of the time because he wore his hair so long and so over his face <laughs> that it was really difficult. And you think, what on earth? Why on earth did he join? But there was something that made him do it and I'm sure we helped, and he left a happier and perhaps more rounded person. And he was yeah. with us for five years. Five years, that's right. <laughs> I think that's really great, though, that you've you, you, you been able to nurture young minds out of, out of the, the most bizarre places sometimes, you know? Uh, and that, is, that is, um, is, 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 is a brilliant testament to what you guys do for, for, for young minds. And, and you know, it... it, it it, it, it comes from all kinds of places, doesn't it? But that that kid obviously really wanted to be there, didn't he? You know, he, he like theatre was obviously his draw too. So that that's really that's really smart. I like that. Um, Maggie, you have an amazing career. Um, we've never documented it on the biscuit. We've talked about it a lot. Um, so where do you fall into into theatre? Where does it begin for you? 
Oh, shit. I mean, bearing in mind, we do about a 40 minute, an hour long show. <laughs> okay, I'll try and be brief. So, at two and a half, mum threw me into a dance class, and that uh, led to me then going onto the stage when I was about four years old. And that was the old Granada Theatre in Shrewsbury. I performed in a variety of different shows uh, in and around Shrewsbury, toured with big companies, mainly as a dancer. I showed an interest in drama and there was a local theatre company just as I was becoming a teenager that just set up Pentapus at the Old Mulberry Theatre. <laughs> Andrew's grinning because he'll remember those days as well. <laughs> and that's where I got a little bit of drama training as such and uh, certainly it got an opportunity to act. But um, I also got to act uh, on a play that Andrew directed. <laughs> it was Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Nice. And it was at the old primary boys' school, and he needed some girls. He want, he managed to persuade the headmaster, I guess, to bring the girls in. Do, do you remember? Yes. Um, the, the, there was an awkward business with your headmistress, but we were, we were past that over. Yes. <laughs> anyway. We wonderful. Had these, we had these wonderful girls, and uh, Maggie shone oh, as, uh, as, as one of the girls... In she didn't. You had a, no real part, no. did you? But but you were one of the girls who made the scene, and uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's absolutely fine. You can take it if you need to. No, it's a, no. <laughs> sorry. You're absolutely fine. <laughs> we get. We, we, so that was Romeo and Juliet between Andrew and I when I was a teenager. And I think that was probably my first exposure to performing in Shakespeare. So I, I knew I, I really enjoyed classical theatre. Anyway, off I went to London. I had an opportunity to become a choreographer, so I went for it. I ended up in the West End. I really loved working with um, dancers, but most especially with actors. And so I had the opportunity then to develop a movement technique to work with actors in training. And... I had an absolute passion for the history of dance. And that came about from my understanding of Shrewsbury dancing master John Weaver from the 17th century. And I wanted to know what those dances were about. So I trained with a lady called Belinda Quirey, who ensured that I understood what the kinds of dances were that belonged in Shakespeare, in Restoration. And this was all brand new research going on at that time. So, Andrew's still dealing with his phone. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's so it's so ironic, isn't it? You know, phone calls during the day, but the one sorry, time. I'm no, it's dead. absolutely fine. It's seriously. I'm so sorry. It's absolutely fine. Um, so, I became a specialist for actors in movement and historic dance. Now, that's that's really specialised. But that also meant that I had an opportunity to go to the States. I went, in fact, lived there for 15 years, set up the California Shakespeare Festival there with the company. And I truly have worked on a multitude of films, documentaries, all in that very specialised area. So when I found myself back in Shrewsbury, uh, almost 20 years ago now, and I bumped straight into Andrew on the high street, we, we, we acknowledged this lovely passion that I had for classical theatre. And then I was invited to become artistic director of Shrewsbury Youth Theatre. And I was like, well, Andrew's the ideal person to come on board and work with the text and direct the students while well, I focus on the production, the whole coming together of the being the producer, but most especially the movement and any dances and 
almost every production we've done has had some form of dance in it, except from this one. Oh, I wouldn't say this one doesn't have dance because you've done some really important movement work with one of our special innovations for this production, which is in the character of Ariel, which is normally played by one actor, but in our production it's played by four. Oh, wow. Um, Fantastic. um, They are, I, I think they're the key to the production. Um, and they're all, all four of them are young girls, um, pretty new to this kind of work, aren't they? They are. So you've taught them, you've taught them a huge amount. That's your, that's, that's the experience shining through there, isn't it? Being able to, to get things done in in a certain amount of time with as much profession and efficiency Mm. as possible. And what I get from your story, Maggie, is, is like that you have this amazing career, but Andrew obviously made so much of an impression on you, but in your earlier year that you've gone around the world, literally mm-hmm. come back. And the first person you think of when it comes to, you know, putting something back into community theatre is, is Andrew bringing him back, which, which is really astonishing. It is. It really is astonishing. And, and then the tree, the perfect trio was to bring Beverly Baker on board, who was an old schoolmate who had specialised in costume. And so we, we had we had the perfect trio, really. And 17 years ago, that was it. We, we pulled together and restored Shrewsbury Youth Theatre, SYT, as everyone calls it. And I've now renamed it a Shropshire Youth Theatre because the students from, come from all over Shropshire. And those young people love classical text. They're there because they've fallen in love with classical text. And I have to say, listening to the run-through last Sunday of Tempest, which we're producing next week at Walker Theatre... It's like it, it just rolls off their tongue beautifully. And a lot of that comes from the understanding that they have of the text, which, of course, is what the work that, that they do with Andrew. That's what makes it happen. We have parents coming out of productions, particularly Shakespeare, and they say, well, I didn't think I was going to enjoy that because I've never thought Shakespeare was my thing. <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> well, we've all seen so many different variations on Shakespeare. I mean, there was even that um, Leonardo DiCaprio film years ago with a... Yeah. The, uh, the Romeo and Juliet. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, the echo Juliet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's been so yeah. many. Are you fans of, of like keeping it classical and keeping it traditional? Or do you like chasing up a bit? I mean, I know it's not Shakespeare, but you, you had Benedict Cumberbatch as the modern-day Sherlock uh, few years ago it was groundbreaking so are you up for mixing it up making it absolutely yeah, yeah. and absolutely the, yeah yes, yeah the yes. globe theater does it all the time and does it brilliantly i was delighted that i was actually on the globe committee all those years ago and so i'm thrilled to see it finally come to fruition and what they're doing no no we've got you you've got to make it work for today's audience and our production next week is very much based in the 20th century Mm. Although it's a magical island, so it's very magical. <laughs> well, I was reading about because I've never seen The Tempest, I've never read it. You must come. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, but we will we'll, we'll organise um, because I was reading about it. Um, Katie Rink's amazing article at My Shrewsbury. This is where I got a lot of my information from. It talks about Shakespeare, and this is his one song, um, and, and it's all about magic and you know, and, and how this is your guys' one song because mm-hmm. this is going to be the last time you work, you're going to work together yeah, after 17 sadly, years. Sadly, it is, but um, you know, in the trite phrase, all good things come to an end, and um, luckily we have waiting in the wings and she's been tremendous help all through um all through the productions that that she's been involved in is lisa and she will be taking over uh from maggie and um 
having a crack at an exciting production next year. So, you know, nothing stops. It's just there's a change in... Passing the torch, uh, oh, so to speak. It is. It's the yeah. artistic direction, because I chose classical text for the last 17 years, and it's up now Lisa, as our new artistic director, to make a new decision with the students, because the students have their own committee. And so we sit down with the student committee, and they are the ones that make the final decision. Mm. as to whatever the next year's production is. And yes, they have made a decision for next year already, because yeah. you have to, because we've already got the theatre book. It takes a lot of planning, yeah. 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 I, I think that's a key difference, actually, between us and some other companies. Um, and it always amazed me when I first joined SYT, you know, what do you mean the students run it? Well, they do. And they make a decision. They make a decision as to whether they want you as director. Mm. So <laughs> I had to interview with teenagers to take on the artistic directorship. Wow. Truly. Yeah. yeah. I remember we, we had a conversation about something like that. And this is the way it is. Uh, it's just because when it comes to cre- creativity, it can come from anywhere, can't it? It can come from your peers. It can come from the any sort of generation. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of fair in a way, but at the same time, you have all this experience and all this knowledge that you can pass on. So uh, I'm glad, you know, it's... it's um, it's uh yeah it's it's a, it's a difficult one but you know the years that you guys have put together you, I can't, I, I, it's hard to imagine how many young minds you've sculpted over the years i was just looking back the the, the first performance of the caucasian chocolate circle 1994 that so that's michael richardson's production uh, oh i'm sorry <laughs> no that's okay that because michael set it up in 1993 so that's next year will be the 30th year wow yeah, wow. that's how long SYT's been going. And Lisa, who is becoming the new artistic director, was Michael Richardson's student. Wow. In fact, she was a student at the at just graduating when I took on the, the, the company, and she was with us for our first, well, street theatre production with the, with the Tudor Weekend. Mm-hmm. Off she went to then do a degree in theatre, in performing arts, came back, did a bit of teaching for SYT, and then went off and did an MA and then came back and took over the Saturday morning sessions. So she's been back and forth with SYT for the last 17 years, no problem, plus her childhood of being with Michael. So, so when people think of SYT, they think, actually, you know, we, we take things seriously. There's, there's a lot of education going in here. A lot of our students go on into the business, not necessarily as performers. So we've got quite a few that are in costume design mm. that have gone on to compose music, not just for theatre, but also for film. So they, they have a, a, a different set of skills. We've also got a lot of lawyers, I will say, students that have graduated in law. It's just the, yeah. just the way it is. We, we don't ever pretend and that, uh, um, mm. that we're going to train kids for a professional theatre because we know that professional theatre is a very cutthroat business. Your, your chances of actually becoming a professional actor having been with any youth theatre group are very small yeah that's not the point the point is to introduce you to firstly the skills that come with theatre and secondly in our case to the texts you know introduce you to all these wonderful plays that are in our literature and you know we think that's all part of a of a general education so Mm. When the students leave us, they're equipped with a whole lot of skills and a whole lot of experience and a whole lot of understanding, but they're not being told, you know, 
that you're going to be a professional performer. No, no. Um, and this, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I was going to say, away from theatre, what do you, what, what skills do you think theatre gives uh, a student away from theatre? You know, whether it's projecting themselves to improvise, to, to you know, to, to remember things even, you know, because you've got to remember a script. I mean, there's got to be so many skills that a young person takes away from this. Exactly. Mm. Being part of a company is the number one thing that yeah. I work on with, yeah. with the students, that absolutely everybody is important as anybody else. Yes. There is nothing to do with the number of lines you've got or how big supposedly your part is. In fact, I get quite upset with students when they start talking in that way. Mm. And certainly when they come back and say, oh, I've got 40 lines and they've only got 20 lines. Well, I, I need you. I yeah. need you. And you need to be in this production. You're needed. Uh, and you're an essential part of the whole company, and it is the whole company working together. Yeah, I saw um, a, a post on Instagram the other day. It was, it was about cheerleaders, and he was talking about everybody looks at the girl on top of the pyramid, but without the people on the base, yeah. the pyramid wouldn't exist. Exactly. exactly. It's yeah. exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a very important ethos. Everybody works together. Everybody is kind and is thoughtful and generous to other people there. And I'm astonished, actually, when you hear about things that happen in school and and things, how wonderfully well the students work together mm -hmm. when, when they're with us. And I think a lot is to do with the ethos that Maggie has set up, which she's outlined just then. Um, and I come back to something I briefly said. It's that we, we do welcome anybody. Yes. You don't have to take an audition no. to to get into SYT. We have a thing that we call auditions uh, before each production when you say which part you'd like to do uh, and you perform a little piece that you've learnt of your own choice and you talk about yourself and so on. We do have those and then we decide who will play what part yes. casting. Um, but to get into the company and one of the wonderful things is as i say apart from <laughs> the boy who hid himself there's <laughs> we, we the invisible we, child <laughs> we, we we've taken we've taken students of all kinds of, of of abilities um and and different characters and make a point of including them and giving them as many opportunities as possible like absolutely being able to so one of the students has composed all the music for this production another student has pulled together all the uh, singing compositions or the for the songs another student <clears throat> has actually been a musician so that one particular section we needed an interesting piece of music and he happens to play sitar so we've got that piece of music uh, students also do all the stage management backstage and they're a part of the costume team. And this year we've also got students working on makeup. So they have guides. Yes, they have adults behind them, but it's the students completely running the whole show, not just what you see on stage. And do you have like, a, so let's say, because so, I think it's, is it from six years old children can join? Absolutely. So from the age of six years old up until, I guess, 18? 18 18-ish. We, yeah. we can officially go up older than that, yes. So from those those ages, do you have like a set plan for how to nurture a mind? Do you start off with different um, sort of curriculums at, at yes. different stages? Yes. Each, each group has its own focus. Yeah. And the growth happens through to seniors when we're then putting on a full-scale production at Theatre 7. And if you're in the senior group, 
you're part of that full-scale production at Theatre 7. Up until that point, you're probably doing street theatre and also productions at The Hive, which is where we're based. Shout out to The Hive, doing great things yeah, absolutely. for... Absolutely, we yeah. love them. Love The Hive. Um, I've, got, I've got a bad past with The Hive. It's nothing that, not their fault, fault, though. It was a very uh, embarrassing situation where um, Shane Chebsey was... Um, he was putting together comic salopia and it was like, this, it was right at the beginning of not, it was kind of near the beginning of the biscuit. And I, he was like, right, I'm going to organize this interview with some of the, the biggest comic book uh, artists and writers around. And we're going to set up this huge interview and we're going to do it at the hive. And so I sat around at this table. You had John Wagner who created judge dread. You had Charlie Adlard. You had uh, Rob, Robbie Morrison. You had all these amazing. And I'm sat there like, right, let's do this. And we did this interview. It sounded amazing, but somebody left the aircon on and it throughout the whole audio. So it, yeah, I still haven't never been able to fix that audio. But yeah, I love the high very much what they do. That's, that was my fault for not checking my we audio. We have the same difficulty with when we're doing theatre. Yeah. <laughs> and that when we have to ensure the fact that it has to get switched off, otherwise we'll never hear the students. There's nothing worse than a gentle hiss <laughs> of your... You know, I, I love coffee shops, the clinking and the coffee machine even in the background without this gentle hiss, it ruins it's it It's one all. of the big differences in, and it's one of the great disciplines that they truly use, do learn with, as part when they when they get to production at theatre seven is that they need to be silent yes um, if they're doing musical theatre you can cheat because when the the music is playing and everyone's making a lot of noise mm. backstage mm. can be uh, you can raise the noise a little bit backstage with drama there is no way you can do that and that's one of the greatest disciplines they learn <laughs> is how to communicate with each other without actually saying it's the anything. Toughest thing. For teenagers, it's the toughest thing. <laughs> so for, for the first lap, we're going to teach you Makaton. <laughs> I would say they don't want to see the purple dragon come alive. So. Mm. I've been there. I've working with uh, with the guys from Rocking Horse. Um, I was recording a vlog throughout the whole day that they were recording, um, filming uh, that uh, their production they made for Izzy versus Jess. And it was at Derwin College, and there's a bell on, on the desk and I was like oh I'll tell you what I'm going to do guys I'm going to press this bell once and the sound engineer she was like don't you dare not when I'm recording <laughs> she's like I will hit you with this mic and she was it was really funny um, and of course that's one of the things they do we don't use mics yes any other musical theatre company will use microphones on the students so the students really do learn to project I was uh, um, I was uh, so I've been speaking to I interviewed Kyle from KG Theatre I always mention this because <clears throat> very small production company because he just moved into Shrewsbury last year and within four or five months they had a production they did Beauty and the Beast it was fantastic and it was in a sports hall in Sundorn they didn't have a fancy set but they just blew everyone away brought the community together and and the, these guys they stood and they sung and they didn't have microphones and the, when a, an actress stands and sings and projects herself mm. to shake the walls it's really quite astounding to yeah. see and witness you know and that's why I was like right I need to to speak to this guy because he's turned a he's turned a sports hall into an enchanted kingdom with this you know and I love that I love that you can take uh, young young minds and 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 create something like that it's the chill up the spine as an audience and that's when you know <coughs> that's when you know it works and we have a young girl singing in Tempest next week and and I think she's going to bring a few chills to spines because she's got an amazing voice. I wish I could sing. Really, really beautiful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, 
I can't wait. I can't wait for this. Um, but what was your what was your first production together then? Because I, I got that wrong with the, the Caucasian Shark Circle. What was your first one together? Roses of Ian. Let's let's go back to that, Andrew. What was that like as a production for you working? You- well, it was it, it was lovely um, because I was doing all sorts of different things at that time, and when Maggie came up to me and said, "Would you like to help with this production of Roses of Ian?" I didn't know quite what to expect. Um, I mean, for one thing, although I knew Maggie well and um, she'd been in, as she said, one of my productions, um, and I knew about her wonderful record in dance and her her status as a dance historian and so on, um, I was very ignorant about what she wanted to do. And the wonderful thing about Roses of Ian, as far as I was concerned, was that we were both, in a sense, feeling our way with each with each other in the production. And gradually, I gained in confidence as to what I could do. And it was, it was a superb, I think, production in the end, wasn't it? We had great fun, and it was very successful. Well, it's such an incredibly powerful story it to is. tell. So there was, was one poignant memory I have of it is that... So it's, it's a real story, real-life story of the plague hitting a village in Derbyshire, and they isolated themselves to protect the rest of the country, <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. they believe. Uh, there's a beautiful love story within it. Um, so I um, wanted to set up a coach trip to go to Derbyshire to visit the village, and it, anyway, for various reasons it didn't work out. I think we had a really heavy snowfall that winter. Mm. But a lot of the students did make the effort with their parents to go, and they came back and they, they said, well, I, I still... I stood in the graveyard and and then I found my character's name on a gravestone. <laughs> and it really brought it home to them. So so we, 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 we did quite a lot of talking about death and, and how to process that and shared all of our different emotions so that when it came to the production, students would come off stage and they go, are you dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. It, it worked. It's, it, it's a wonderful powerful story Um, and we introduced technology if you remember it was a big big thing we introduced projection yes because jonathan tritton was in town still that's right and i i took jonathan up to to eam and we did lots of photographs of the village because you know there's not a lot changed in that village and and we used those images and doctored them a little bit but as part of the backdrop to set the scene and to tell the story the power of the story and of course it, when the pandemic first hit the parallels of the story of Eam were made around the country where people were making that yeah. understand because we were talking in the same language that they had been talking all those years ago it's funny how things come about isn't it yeah mm. yeah. yeah and and speaking of, of covid i think that's a great segue is um obviously we before COVID, you know, we were none the wiser of what was going to happen. Uh, so you make plans, you make arrangements uh, for productions, which obviously take a lot of time, oh, a lot of effort. Gosh, you so, don't yeah. tell me, don't yeah. tell me. I mean, <laughs> Andrew's shaking his head. He's like, well, it was, it was pretty tragic, really, in a sense, because um, apart from the directing, um, I also write quite a lot and have written for television and things but I'd written an adaptation of um, Thomas Hardy's wonderful 
wonderful novel, Far From the Mudding Crowd, and it was an amazing thing to see that take shape. And um, there are some fantastic parts in it for everybody, but, but the main character is a, is a woman called Bathsheba, and this was to my astonishment, and I think probably to Maggie's as well, taken by a girl who'd never actually played a starring role with us before and she said I'd like to do it she was the only one who actually said that and we gave it to her and she learned these phenomenal amount of lines and grew into the part and I was so looking forward to seeing her on the stage as I'm sure she was as well and then a fortnight a fortnight before we were actually due to perform it down came the lockdown and so we were struck and it, it it was pretty tragic really and all I could do was write to her and say I'm so sorry you would have been brilliant as Bathsheba and sweetly she wrote back and said well thank you so much for saying that that means a lot and off she went to the rest of her life as they all do when they when they leave us but um yeah, so heartbreaking. It, it, it was heartbreaking. It yeah. really was. But we, we very quickly put, picked up on the Zoom concept and we set up Zoom calls with each other. The first time I'll never forget getting onto Zoom with 20 plus young people. And as their little visuals came up, their faces lit up as they saw each other because, of course, we'd all been in that complete yeah. isolation and shutdown. And the joy started to come back into their faces as they started talking and relating to each other. And I just let them have social time in that way. And then eventually we discussed what we might do. I had a proposal in mind and we managed to get a little bit of funding to ensure the fact that those students that didn't have equipment, so most, most students only had a phone. And when you're working on Zoom, that's that's not easy. So we managed to get a couple of iPod, iPads together so that students could communicate <coughs> with each other on a weekly basis. And we continued these Zoom calls. And the first project we did was Shakespeare monologues. And I brought a couple of RSC directors in, yourself, um, Paul Higgins locally, various people that I knew within the business that yes. could work with the students independently, find their own time. And then once the directors and the student were comfortable with their monologue, they would then record it. And that's all on YouTube. We created a YouTube channel and all of those wonderful monologues, all of those that wanted to go out public are out on that YouTube channel. So then we, we discussed within the committee as to what to do next. And it had always been that after Far From the Madding Crowd, we would then do Romeo and Juliet. We'd always said that would be possibly one, one play that we would never do because it's so focused on Romeo and Juliet. But we figured that we would find a way of doing it. And when it came to doing it over Zoom, we had three different sets of Romeo and Juliet. So the three acts then had their each Romeo and Juliet. And of course that worked in the technology and the we managed to fudge almost everything um <laughs> in the, in that how do you make it look like these two individuals are in the same room together because the student explained to us how you change the backdrop yes so if you take a photograph of something and then you jigsaw it up 
each of the students had their own piece of the jigsaw and sometimes they might be just playing the piece of scenery or they might be the actor with the backdrop behind them as well. But then the whole picture was made up of six pieces to make the picture, but only two heads. Is that, yeah? Mm. yeah? Yeah. So we, and we set it in Shrewsbury and we, we kept it in lockdown. And I kept saying at some point or other, we're going to be able to do a masked ball. We're really going to be able to do it. So having made it in 2021... We managed to do all the scenes without any fighting. So we we talked about the fighting because obviously we couldn't get together. You couldn't touch each other. <laughs> no, no, we, just, we just talked about it. Mm. We just, you know, said well, so-and-so happened at the fight. So Andrew again adapted the classical text. And we were, we were coming out of lockdown last mm. summer for the first time, still wearing masks with all our different social distancing going on. So we managed to find a, a huge big space at the museum here, Massive space. Andy McEwen, bless his heart, came in. Hey, Andy. Big immersive light for us. And we created Romeo and Juliet's masked ball. I saw that. I saw the pictures. Now, those students, those teenagers, had never had a prom the year before. They hadn't had a prom that year. So what did they get to wear to the ball? Their prom dresses. Oh, it's beautiful. It was very special. Still masked. And still socially distanced, but it was really... <clears throat> and they, we, we, we made sure they all had a special photograph. So they all had their own individual photograph done, all dressed up. Very special. Yeah, it's, it's still... I mean, it's, it's great. It's, it was just an alien world. It was. It's, it's something that we all had to get used to, though. We had to, yeah. we had to try and um, adapt and, and change things. And this is kind of like where we sort of fit in with the biscuit, as I wanted to show people how how the world was adapting, especially with yeah. charities and with companies and how I think people were doing differently. I wish I'd have, uh, I'd have helped you guys with the, the Zoom stuff because I, I reckon I, I could have helped. Cause oh, that would, yeah. <coughs> we do so- it never happens again, let's say. But yeah. So when we started Tempest, we, yeah, we all agreed that we would, instead of having everybody together every single week, meaning that everybody had to test before we came to rehearsal, that only those that were called for that particular rehearsal would come in person and everybody else would be on Zoom. And then if by chance anybody was sick, and believe me, that's happened a lot in the last mm-hmm. six months, the voice from the laptop would come out with their lines, but they'd be watching the rehearsal. So when they next came to do that scene, at least they've got an idea of where they should be, even if they hadn't rehearsed it in person, yes. but they'd been a part of the rehearsal. And that's how we pulled everything together until February half term. And that was the first time this company for The Tempest all came together. So just a few weeks ago. Wow. wow. <laughs> I imagine that's, that's um, it's quite an, an, an immense moment because obviously the, the trials and tribulations we've all had over the last two years, but mm-hmm. never mind the arts and, and you know, the, the situations that have been going on there. You know, uh, and it's, been, it's been a huge struggle for a lot of people. I've yeah. spoken to a lot of actors um, you know, the performance groups of it. I spoke to the Viv Kelly Dance School mm-hmm. and, you know, they were talking about how they were putting um, dance routines together and the mm-hmm. timing for Zoom just didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. There's yeah, that delay, isn't yeah, there, that lag? Always, always. We, we, we did the run-through on Sunday. Our musical director, sadly, got COVID. So uh, he was playing the music through the Zoom and there was this slight delay every time. We, I said, you've got to predict it. You've got to predict it. Well, of course, you know, that's really hard, isn't it, when you're not in the room? <laughs> So, p- 
post-COVID now, or say post, it still exists. I mean, it like there's still, there's a lot of stuff going very on. Very much, we're very much does. aware of. Um, I've I've done a test today because obviously I'm very conscious. I'm still very conscious about coming out. So I made a point to to, to take a picture of my test this morning just to show you guys. You know, <laughs> oh, because no. because it's it's yeah. it, it is still existing. I, mean, I know there's lots going on that people talk about Will Smith and they're talking about Ukraine and all the. I mean, the stuff in Ukraine is terrible. Don't get me wrong, but it's just. You can't distract ourselves the fact that we, we, we can't get complacent with this. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm glad that we're, we're, we're going to get this, this performance from you guys. I'm, f- I'm, well, I mean, <coughs> I, it's really hard, isn't it? You don't really want to say it, but I am f- sort of confident that because most of the students, and this is sad, but most of the students have had COVID in the last couple of weeks, that we should be okay next week. But You're always going to be apprehensive. You're always going to... We're still holding, and, and yes, I'm making sure we've all got test kits, and, and they have been amazing. They, I know they're taking good care. Mm. And bear in mind, these students come from all over Shropshire. This yeah. isn't just Shrewsbury-based students. They are literally they, coming from the, all over the county. They astonish me, their enthusiasm, their determination, um, their tolerance of the amazing things that are asked of them you know not just what we're asking them to do perform Shakespeare to a high standard and that's big enough but they're also doing mock exams Mm. Um, they're also got huge amounts of pressure from their schools yes and and we forget you know we can't for instance see them in the theatre even in the last week, the week of production, we can't see them till they've finished their school day. They arrive having done a whole school day's work. Yes, and they're exhausted. And, and they're exhausted. <laughs> and somehow, uh, Maggie is particularly good at this, we can we condition them to get ready for a performance. And it's a fantastic effort for them. I remember going into uh, a dressing room once on a dress rehearsal the night before the first performance and finding the entire room swatting away at, because they had a mock exam the next day. And they'd been homeschooled. And they, they, yeah. they, they were revising for that exam, yeah. you know. I just thought, my God, that's, what, that's the life they lead. And it's worse right now because they've yeah. had two years off from exactly. that kind of pressure. Exactly. And the pressure's even greater because they've lost the... They're out of practice. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're, my heart really goes out to these young people, but I'm so thankful for their commitment because they've got an incredible production. And I, I want to say Prospero because our Prospero, I mean, the quantity of lines mm. that he it's has... phenomenal. He really is. He's a stunning young man. And come and see this show just because yeah. of the yeah, commitment that uh, these young people we, have put out there. Can we talk about the show? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a cat attack in my mixer right now. <laughs> you can just imagine a pressing stop. That's it. Out you go. Out you go. You're lovely, but you're a pest. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so the the six and and seventh. This, as this podcast is going out, you guys have only got two days to go out and buy tickets. Uh, tickets are sixteen pounds for adults. Under eighteen is at ten pounds. Under theatre seven. Um, are you excited? Very. Yeah, are, are we what? Sorry, excited. excited. Oh, of course we are. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. How has the? I know it's not happened yet, but the feedback, the sort of, is is there a buzz about the airs? Are you selling tickets fast? How's that going? Um, sadly, 
No, it's no. The, it's the I, first time that SYT uh, yeah. is looking at low ticket sales. We normally almost have completely sold out the second show by now, and we're not even at half. So we really need an audience. I, These I think students deserve it. Yeah. Oh yes, they do. They do deserve it. And please, you know, if you've not thought of coming to see us before, I think our reputation should precede us i mean we won all sorts of awards both nationally once funnily enough the last time we did the tempest um which was 12 years ago something something like that that. um because it's such a wonderful play um it's i think it's the only one we've we've actually done twice repeated yeah Uh, uh, and um we took it round the the country Wow. Uh, in a version, uh, I had to rapidly reduce it to under an hour. Um, um, it's not a long play anyway, but I had to, to work on, on that version yeah, yeah. in order to go in for the uh, competition that we went into, a national drama competition. And we won all sorts of awards for that. The town council has, has given us special awards. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... I think we reach an amazingly high standard yes. of production. Um, and the students deserve that support. Every show, I think Maggie will uh, confirm this because she works in the theatre, every show has um, poor ticket sales at the moment. They, yeah, I think... anxious about coming... I think- it's a, it's a mixture between people being apprehensive about coming out, obviously mm. with the COVID mm. concerns, but also I feel like it's like when it comes to the arts and when it comes to stand up comedy, music, festivals, it's been a bit like a, a spring, a coiled spring. Everything's been held back, held back, held back. Now this summer, the spring is just gone. Poosh. There's festivals every weekend. There's mm. events going on everywhere. There's so much going on. It's saturated things a little bit. Sorry, I keep kicking my table. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I feel like you need to support your local acts. You need to support, especially something as wonderful as this. These kids have had such a hard time um, that I feel like they, they do deserve. I mean, a 12, uh, 16 pound of tickets, not that bad. It's, it's, it's really reasonable. And I can promise you, you're going to enjoy Shakespeare. Yeah. And, and oh boy, what a story this is. It's a wonderful story. It's a very special story. And it, and we feel it's it's actually very poignant again to today. Absolutely. What's going it's, on. It's, it's a story for our times, really. Um, because it starts looking out as though it's going to be a revenge play. Uh, and Shakespeare's written some pretty bloody revenge plays mm. uh, in his time. And uh, very briefly, uh, Prospero was the Duke of Milan, or Milan as it's pronounced in the play, and he was usurped, he was thrown out. He and his little daughter were put on the sea and everybody thought they would drown um, by his brother, of all people, who he sort of trusted... It's like Game uh, of Thrones. Uh, that game, it's very Game of Thronesy, absolutely. And and uh, he, by luck and by the help of one of the old councillors who put various things on this little boat so that they could survive for a bit, he and his daughter managed to land on this desert island. And for 12 years they've been there. And during those 12 years, his little daughter has grown into a beautiful young woman. And he, Prospero, has perfected his magic arts. 
and he has a most amazing power now. And purely by luck, his enemies, who threw him out, have sailed into his power accidentally. They don't know that he's on the island, and so they didn't realise that when their ship passed by, he could do something. And so he plans the most terrible revenge on those who nearly all tried to kill him and his daughter. And then it changes in the course of the play. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how. No, no, no spoilers. You don't know, but, but, I've, I've, but there's you know, a three hundred year old play. <laughs> there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful transformation at the climax mm. of the plot when the whole thing changes, and there's a whole range of characters, including some very funny ones. So it's uh, that's what I love about Shakespeare. There's always the sinister plot, but there's always that one character that will just, just lighten things up a little bit. You know, that's right. Well, that's yeah. what we're hoping is going to happen yeah. in the world right now. Is that one character that will transform yeah. what's going on right and, now? And the, and the message at the end is one of love and hope, which are two qualities we rather desperately need mm. at the moment, I think. Mm. Well, there is, there, 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 there's something going on in Shrewsbury right now and around the world. Like Shrewsbury, um, so we have uh, Joe Whale, which is a doodle boy, and he's just been signed up with uh, Nike um, to do this huge campaign um, and with Nindy, who does the drums. So there was um, a drum battle between uh, Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters, by the way, uh, RIP to... to um, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from Foo Fighters. <laughs> I'll start on that. But anyway, there was a drum battle between uh, Dave Grohl and Nindy, and they did this amazing thing. It blew up. And obviously, Doodle Boy is blown up as well. Mm. So for all this chaos, for everything that's going bad, Shrewsbury has got these, and, and Nindy as well, is not in Shrewsbury. Well, they have these young people that are just bringing out brightness and colour in this world of chaos. So I think, yeah, it, it, there are there are shining stars out there that are trying to bring us through, you know. And this this play, you're right, is kind of a metaphor, isn't it, for the the year, the two years that we've had, mm-hmm. and I like that. I think good. it's really good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, well, well. We, like, we like doing that. That's the, that's the yeah. beauty of theatre. Um, if you're listening to this podcast now, um, have a good think about. Have a look in your schedule. Um, have a think about this, and if you do buy tickets, but on the power of hearing it on the podcast, just uh, just let, just drop me a line. Let me know. I, I want to know if we've helped out a little bit. And um, you know, if you're at the theatre, theatre seven on the sixth or the seventh, uh, make sure you find Maggie or yourself, Andrew, uh, and, and come say hello. Congratulate you guys on on the work, um, and so, you know, make sure you, you let these kids know that they've done a great job because that's what it's, to take that and move on in life I think is very very rewarding how can people buy tickets Maggie straight to Theatre 7 it's either via their website or give the box office a call at 01743281281 or go straight online that's the easiest way to do it then it'll come through on your phone as an e-ticket and that's what you show to be scanned at the door brilliant it was you a gr- great turn up on the day of course turn up on the day buy a ticket buy one online bring up do the old fashioned box office way but bring the kids out you know have a great evening at the theatre and uh, hopefully I mean I'd love to come if I can uh, I'll, 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 I'll get a ticket and uh, we'll, we'll be there um, so on the opening evening on the on the 6th I'll, I'll, I'm going to come by Maggie, what, what what are you guys working on after this? Is this just a time to relax now? Uh, like, <laughs> like it must have been difficult, especially the last couple of years. What's what comes after this for you, Andrew? Well, um, if um, Lisa and Syt um, 
want me to help in in the future in some small way, then I'm very happy to do that. Um, one of the things I enjoy doing is working one to one or one to two with one or two students and zoom actually has opened up this opportunity greatly i've been doing quite a lot of work with prospero the young chap who's playing prospero on zoom partly because he lives out near orza stream partly because um it's safer yes and um there is quite a lot you can do on zoom to rehearse Mm -hmm. not everything Uh, And the important bits are when he's on the stage and with the other characters, obviously. But it's opened up the possibility of that. So um, that's something I'm I'm happy to do. But I've got lots of projects, um, as it were, that I can get on with. (laughs) Once I'm not working for SYT, which is quite consuming, as you can imagine... um, particularly at this time as we come up to performance. I've um, I just started at a, at a new local radio st- station, which I will get out and, and, you know, properly announce very soon, but I'm kind of, I don't like to, uh, you know, sort of uh, tempt fate or whatever, but like um, when it comes to recording content, I, I spent a good day in the studio yesterday, but um, the guys are waiting for me to sort of start pumping out shows and, and getting really involved. But I'm, I'm having to close a few doors so you sir i'm stepping away from for a bit um there are things i'm not going to be doing anymore so that i can accommodate this new radio it's, it's, it's great when you can even if you something you love like you suck that was, i mentioned at the beginning of the show i love doing i love speaking to people from around the world culture is, is amazing but i need to concentrate on this one thing before i can do this you know mm-hmm. so to close one door and open a few of us must feel good Yes, yes, yes. It, it it does. It feels right. Um, I'm very confident that SYT will go on growing and developing and being a great thing for young people. Um, and it's great to have worked with Maggie and Beverly and Lisa and all the other people who've helped. Um, but stopping that, stopping the responsibility that one has um, will free me up to do certain things, perhaps writing and um, and working on one or two other things, performances myself. Well, you know, you have the support from the biscuits. So if you're working on something <laughs> and you need a voice, we have a voice. That's very useful. Thank you. Maggie, what are you going to be concentrating on after this? So... So let's clarify here. We, we talk about the word work, but we, we've actually volunteered our time for the last 17 years. <laughs> yes. So just like you, Alex, we volunteer. With a passion. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> with lots of love and all that. Uh, well, Chris Eldenley and I have got a production company of Lovely Productions and Jabs is still touring at the moment. So I, I haven't seen this yet. I need, to, oh. I need to make sure I see it. So it's happening again at Theatre 7 in a couple of weeks. So we'll have to get you on on that one. Constant party in Shrewsbury. Uh, and then Chris has also got Winter Holiday on the back burner at the moment. So we're going to be producing that next year, but we'll start rehearsals with that later on this year. And I've got a couple of other productions that I will be helping produce already this summer. Uh, I generally do about eight productions a year, so let's hope it all comes back. I've also got a festival in mind for next year that I'm also beavering away at. So there's there's always things going on, always. We should uh, we should write a Shoes with Biscuit musical. <laughs> <laughs> I have a voice, but no one can hear me. <laughs> 
That'd be really fun. Um, if see, um, I mean, I've got a young one. Um, if someone's got a young one and they see a potential in uh, with theatre, how do they enrol their child into SYT? So you go to the website, you get our contact details, or you find us on our Facebook or any of the social media sites. We're actually all right there. SYT or Shropshire Youth Theatre, and all the contact details are right there. Fantastic. Do you know what I've loved this? I've been I've been I've been badgering Maggie poking her with a stick, like, come on the biscuit, come on the biscuit. Um and um I'm glad we've finally done this because it's been an absolute pleasure. And you're welcome on any time, both of you guys. It's been really Thank when it comes to culture and theatre and, and, and the arts, I love doing this because I can't play right, I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I can't all, all of these things. I reckon I make a great Bill Sykes. <laughs> I, I make a, a good villain, but that's probably about it. But uh, so to talk about it is is a real real honour and privilege. So thank you very much. Um, thank you thank you no it's been awesome um, I want to give you guys uh, a pointer towards our website as well which is the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk um, all of our content is available on there you can just press play off the website and you can listen to it from the website that's if you don't want to listen to us on Spotify or iTunes or Podbean wherever you get your um, we're going to be moving from Podbean by the way soon we're not going to be doing it there because uh, there's a, an opportunity to have all of my content in one place so uh, keep your ears peeled for, for notifications on that but we'll still go to our, um, all the usual places um, and yes thank you so much for tuning in oh, I need to mention our website is made by Web Orchard as well if you need a website guys Web Orchard do a great job at creating websites all right let's get out of here this has been lovely thank you for, for chatting to me thank you for listening and we'll catch you, catch you next time peace out <laughs>